She's alive. Alive! What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Ghoul Gang. I'm Ellie, and I'm alone. <laughs> it's just me today, uh, which is weird because I've actually never recorded a solo episode. Uh, I know Grace has recorded quite a few or a couple. I don't know. I listen to my podcast, right? Um, yeah, so it's just me today, and I'm hanging out alone in my house, and it's like kind of weird but like also kind of my dream because I talk to myself alone constantly and I perform monologues for movies so I'm not gonna lie I actually been like pretty stoked so uh the reason that it's just me today is because our beautiful Grace is in Colorado visiting family and she will be there probably for the next couple of months so just a quick kind of update on our podcast. Um, we haven't recorded in a while because of that. For those of you who've been messaging and wondering um, when our next show episode is going to come, um, we've been apart. So we're still working on trying to figure out how to record separately. Grace is getting herself a microphone um, because she was kind enough to leave the one that she bought, the beautiful uh blue yeti that we use um here in chicago so she's gonna get one and then we are going to record what i think is going to be our best episode yet and i'm a little bit biased because it's on one of my favorite topics um i will give you a hint what that episode might be um in one of our earlier episodes we freaked the fuck out about something that happened mid-episode and so if you can think back to that, it might give you a clue on what our next episode is going to be. But for today, I thought just to get a little something something going because it's Memorial Day weekend when I'm recording this and summer is hopefully, fingers crossed, officially here for Chicago because we've had snowstorms. Um, we've had hailstorms. We've been, I don't even know what the hell has been going on. Um, it's been raining nonstop because, you know, the planet is dying. So, um, hopefully summer is here. And in honor of that, I thought I would read an article that I was reading the other day about the horror stories, just classic horror stories to read around the campfire. These are some of my favorite things to read and some of my favorite things to tell. And I feel like this is just going back to classic ghost storytelling and what kind of Grace and I like bonded over and we super love, like other than horror films, obby. And then at the end, I'll talk about what I've been watching, which I think you guys all know, but I have a few other ones. So here we go. So without further ado, these are seven horror stories you just need to share around the campfire. I feel like this like slight cold that I've been rocking is like really giving me this very like deep radio, maybe phone sex voice. I don't don't know. It's, I don't hate it. Um, So these I got from um, freeform.com. That's like, also, isn't that like, (laughs) 
like the new like I don't know like TNT or something I don't know it's not that it's a different website I don't even know um but I was googling just for fun just summer campfire stories and I actually got on the topic because um the other day Emily and I were watching um a trailer for scary stories to tell in the dark Guillermo del Toro is redoing scary stories to tell in the dark and what's funny is is I grew up reading those stories I think a lot of us grew up reading those stories in the library or um in my hometown they decided to put the kids library in like tucked in the corner of the basement of the like old 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 library it was it made for my childhood was great because we used to do Bloody Mary in the bathroom and it was fucking dope but um yeah, so I grew up reading those stories. I think a lot of us did, especially a lot of us who are into horror now. And um, I was talking about them when I saw the trailer. And there was also, there's like a thing on, um, I think it might be Prime, that talks about the way those books, you know, affected the kids who read them and, and the parents who were trying to ban them and all this. You know, you know what they do. They try to censor shit that's like... And it's like nowadays, everything's off the goddamn rail. So what the hell did they try to do? But anyway, um, I realized Emily had no idea what I was talking about. And I've talked about this in previous episodes where she, because of, um, you know, how she was raised in, in a very strict religious household, she didn't get to read or watch a lot of the somewhat terrible things I guess a lot of us did um so she you know like I said before she's never seen Harry Potter things like that but this this to me struck a chord I'm like holy shit this is you know something that I I you know it shaped me as a kid and I think a lot of us feel that way and I know Grace definitely feels that way too so I was showing her a lot of the illustrations and going through some of the stories and reading them and they still like they still hold water like they're still pretty scary you know so then I kind of went on a a binge of reading you know old scary stories and so these are some stories to tell around the campfire so the first story is called the ghost of still lake here we go Christ. And that was not the beginning of the story. That was, although I feel like it added a a good effect. In 1908, a man was pulled over by the cops when he was driving too fast. When the police officer spoke to the man, he found him shaking and talking in gibberish. The man claimed a woman had crawled out of Stowe Lake while he had been fishing there that morning. What he saw was so lifelike, the man had walked over to the woman and tried to help her out of the lake. He believed that this woman, who had long brown bleh 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 <laughs> who had long blonde hair and was barefoot, was the ghost of a woman who drowned herself and her baby in the lake in the late eighteenth century. That's it. That's the story. That's some bullshit. Starting over. I, okay, to be completely fair, I only read a few of these and they were pretty good. And this first one is like, it's some horse shit. See, this is what happens when I don't do, you know what? You'd think being alone, I'd do more research, but I didn't. Let's, oh God, Christ. Okay. I'll read the ones that I read <laughs> that were really good. Okay. So my intention was, 
to, <clears throat> excuse me, my intention was to tell like classic campfire stories and a couple of the ones in this article were. So, you know, that's what happens when you don't fucking read everything. Um, but like, you know, the one where, you know, there's a dripping sound and then there's someone licking his hand, you know. So we wanted him to be more classic. Um, we, <laughs> Me and Sadie, my dog, she's sitting here just like waiting for me to take her on a walk. Um, So I'm going to read one called The Golden Hand and it's from Spooky, Oregon. So I will tell you though, this one is like a little bit, like it's very, very dated. (laughs) So let's go. All right. He never paid much attention to the neighbors living on his city block until the day a pretty middle-aged widow moved in two doors down from him. She was plump. She was plump, girl, same, and had sparkling eyes, and she always wore dark gloves on her hands even when she was indoors. He went out of his way to meet her, and they often bumped into each other on the street and stood talking. One day, as she brushed her hair back from her forehead, he caught a glimpse of gold under the glove on her right arm. When he asked her about it, she grinned and told him that she had lost a hand a few years back, and now she wore a golden hand in its place. Like, what the fuck? Oh, but so did Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones. Because everything goes back to Game of Thrones. Just saying. Grace, that one's for you. Um, In that moment, a terrible lust woke in his heart, not to possess the lady herself, but to possess the solid gold hand that she wore under her long black gloves. Like, bitches, if you could possess herself anyway. You know, it's 2019. He courted the widow with every strategy known to him. Flowers, trips to the theater, gifts, compliments. Okay. It's going to take a hell of a lot more than that, but go ahead. And, oh, okay, he won her heart. Within a month, they were standing in front of a minister promising love to one another until death parted them. This must have been in like the fucking like 17, 1800s because girl, come on. Within another month, he was a widower and had buried his ailing wife in the local cemetery. Oh, shit. This is some true crime shit. He killed off the wife to get her, like, what's it called? You know, life insurance. Um, He buried her without her golden hand. It had all been so easy. A slow poison administered daily to resemble a wasting disease. Dang, poison's usually a woman's weapon, but okay. No one, not even his wife, not the family doctor, not the neighbors, had suspected murder. And that night after her funeral, oh, and the night after her funeral, he slept with the golden hand under his pillow. You nasty bitch. It was a dark night. Clouds covered the moon, and the wind was whistling down the chimney and rattling the shutters of the townhouse. He was deeply asleep when the door to his room slammed open, and a loud bang and a wild, wild wind whipped around the room, scattering papers and books and clothing and table coverings every which way. He sat up, startled by the sudden noise, and his pulse began to pound when he saw a greenish-white light bobbing slowly in the room. Before his eyes... The light slowly grew larger, taking on the shape of his dead wife, and she was missing one arm. Where is my golden hand? 
guys. Okay, sorry. She moaned, her dark eyes blazing with red fire. Give me my golden hand. He tried to speak, but his mouth was so dry with fear that he could only make gasping noises. The glowing phantom moved closer to him. Her once lovely face was twisted into a hideous green mask. You stole my life and you stole my hand. Give me back my golden hand, the dead wife howled. You know, I think that's a little rude to call her the dead wife. She's probably a lot more than just that, you know? The noise rose higher and higher, and the phantom pulsed. Ew. With a strident green light that smote his eyes, making them water? Smote? Smoted them? I don't know. He cowered back against the pillows, and the hard shape of the golden hand pressed against the back of his head. And then he felt the golden hand twitch underneath him as the mangled green phantom that had once been his wife swooped down upon him, pressing his face into the pillow and suffocating him. He tried to scream, but it was cut off suddenly by the terrible pressure against his throat. Cutting off his breath, the world went black. The next morning, can you hear my dog snoring? Oh my God. Um, the next morning, the housemaid came into the room with her master's morning cup of tea. Wow, this is very, very sexist. Her master. She found him lying dead on the floor with the golden hand clutched around his throat. And then that bitch took the golden hand and the dead wife let her take it because women be empowering women. Thank you. Good night. So the next one we're going to do is that classic hook in the door story and this one is taken from spooky campfire tales because hell yeah here we go the reports had been on the radio all day though she hadn't paid much attention to them this type of shit pisses me off like in every movie and in every story there's like reports of crazy shit happening on the radio and on the tv but like everyone ignores them and that drives me nuts because my anxiety is so high all the time that i would very much be paying attention to every report i already do but i guess it might be realistic because people are just so like into their own lives and into their own shit and like nobody pays attention to anyone else you know so cheers anyway starting over she hadn't paid much attention to them some crazy man had escaped from the state asylum they were calling him the hook man since he'd lost his right arm damn people are losing their arms and shit left and right um, and replaced it with a hook. He was a killer, and everyone in the region was warned to watch or report anything suspicious. But this didn't interest her. She was more worried about what to wear on her date. I mean, yeah, I mean, that is pretty fucking realistic. Um, <clears throat> after several consultation calls with friends, okay, this is really realistic, she had on a blue outfit in the very latest style and was ready and waiting on the porch for her boyfriend to come pick her up in his car. I wish it said, like, in his jalopy. That would have made me really happy. Um, they went to the drive-in movie theater with another couple, then dropped them off and parked in the local Lover's Lane. The blue outfit was a hit. She cuddled close to her boyfriend as they kissed to the sound of romantic music on the radio. Just then, the announcer came on again and repeated the warning she had heard earlier that afternoon. An insane killer with a hook in place of his right hand was loose in the area. Suddenly, the dark, moonless night didn't seem so romantic anymore. The lover's lane was secluded and off the beaten path. 
A perfect spot for a deranged madman to lurk, she thought, pushing her boyfriend away. Maybe we should get out of here. This hookman sounds dangerous. Yeah, bitch, you should have thought about that before you went to a secluded spot. Have you ever seen a single horror movie? That's how everyone gets killed. You're teenagers. You're kissing. You're probably naked. And those are the ones who go first. Goddamn. Ugh. Oh, come on, baby. It's nothing, her boyfriend said, trying to get another kiss. Typical. She pushed him away. No, really, we're all alone out here, and I'm really scared, she said. They argued for a moment. A moment. <laughs> a moment. Stop trying to get pussy, dude. You're going to get killed. The car shook a bit as said something or someone had touched it. She gave a shriek and said, get us out of here now, damn it. Janet. I mean, no, I added that. Jeez, her boyfriend said in disgust. You're fucking rude. He turned away, or he turned the key, and went roaring out of Lover's Lane, screeching his tires. They drove home in stony silence, and when they pulled into her driveway, he refused to help her out of the car. What a fucking dick! He was being so unreasonable, she was fuming herself. She opened the door and stepped into her driveway with her chin up and her lips pursed. Whirling around, she slammed the door as hard as she could, and then she screamed. Her boyfriend left out of the car and caught her in his arms. What is it? What's wrong? He shouted. Then he saw it. A bloody hook hanging from the passenger side door. That's because women always got an intuition, and they're right most of the time. Can I get an amen? All right, and the last one I'm going to read is also another classic that I super love. Um, By the way, if you haven't noticed, I got off that original article that I was talking about because it was, like, not great. And, like, there were some good ones, but they were really short and, like, So I moved on to a different one, and I'm getting a lot of these from Spooky Campfire Stories. Shocker. Um, So this one is was one of my absolute favorites as a kid, and I used to read it all the time. Um, in these like scary books that were in the library as previously stated. Um, This one is called The Yellow Ribbon. I love this one. Jane wore a yellow ribbon around her neck every day. And I mean every day, rain or shine or whether or not it matched her outfit. It annoyed her best friend Johnny after a while. He was her next door neighbor and he had known Jane since she was three. When he was young, he had barely noticed the yellow ribbon, but now they were in high school together and it bothered him. Bitch, she's not dressing for you. This is just becoming like a feminist episode. Am I right? I can't. Anyway, I'm sorry my yellow ribbon bothers you, Jimmy. Johnny, my bee. Why do you wear that yellow ribbon around your neck, Jane? He'd ask her every day, but she wouldn't tell him. Still, in spite of this aggravation, Johnny thought she was cute. <laughs> Fucking hell. He asked her to the soda shop. Okay, so yeah, these are all from like the 50s and I'm here for it. Despite them being just so outrageously sexist. But hey, we've kind of come a long way. I don't know. We'll see. Here we go. Um, He asked her for an ice cream sundae and then he asked her to watch him play in the football game. Amazing. He soon started walking her home. And then in the spring, he asked her to the dance. Jane always said yes when he asked her out, and she always wore a yellow dress to match the yellow ribbon around her neck. It had finally occurred to Johnny that he and Jane were going steady. 
and he still didn't know why she wore that yellow ribbon around her neck. Now, to be fair, I suppose that would get really annoying. Like if you were dating someone who literally always had a ribbon around their neck, but never told you why, or I would just think it was like their thing, but I suppose it would get, I mean, I'd try to take it off, especially if you're like macking it and shit, you know? So he asked her about it yet again, and yet again, she would not tell him. Maybe someday I'll tell you about it. She'd reply, someday. That's the answer that annoyed Johnny the most. But he shrugged it off because Jane was just so cute and fun to be with. Same. Well, time flew past, and as a habit of doing... What? And as it has a habit of doing... Oh, time passed. It's got a habit of doing that. I'm brilliant. One day, Johnny proposed and Jane accepted. They planned a big wedding and Jane hinted that she might tell him about the yellow ribbon around her neck on their wedding day. But somehow, with the preparations and his beautiful bride and the lovely reception, Johnny never got around to asking. But then he did remember. She got a bit teary-eyed and said, We are so happy together. What difference does it make? And Johnny decided she was right. Johnny and Jane raised a family of four. Can you imagine, like, dating someone who always wore a yellow ribbon around their neck and now you have kids? Like, you guys banged it out regularly and that ribbon didn't come off. Like, come on. Come on. Come on. They raised a family of four with the usual ups and downs, laughter and tears. When their golden anniversary rolled around, Johnny once again asked Jane about the yellow ribbon around her neck. It was the first time he'd brought it up since... the week after their wedding. Whenever their children asked him about it, he'd always hushed them, and somehow none of the kids dared to ask their mother. I can't. Jane and Johnny... Jane gave Johnny a sad look and said, Johnny, you've waited this long. You can wait a while longer. And Johnny agreed. It was not until Jane was on her deathbed a year later that Johnny, seeing his last chance slip away, asked Jane one final time about the yellow ribbon she wore around her neck. She shook her head a bit as it is she shook her head a bit at his persistence and then said with a sad smile, Okay, Johnny, you can go ahead and untie it. With shaking hands, Johnny fumbled to the knot and untied the yellow ribbon around his wife's neck. And just then Jane's head fell off. <laughs> the end. I loved that one so much as a kid and like it's so funny when you read these stories now as an adult and you just kind of like scrutinize them or at least I do I think they're so funny but they scared like that story scared the shit out of me as a kid and I remember there's like a bunch of variations of it where you know a girl has a black ribbon or whatever and there's ones where like someone untied it and her head fell off and it's like that's just so ridiculous but I just love it so much so anyway those were some of my favorite classic ghost stories uh that from me loving to read them as a child I'm also laying down right now um and just living my truth um so what have you been watching Ellie I'm just imagining that's Grace asking me so I don't feel like such a lunatic um I obviously watched Game of Thrones which I'm not going to go into it too heavily because if you watch Game of Thrones there's so much buzz around it right now and about how the you know the season was terrible I liked it I didn't love the ending but that's all I'll say about that um I really only thought they could have just made it longer that's my only critique um I've also been watching 
just like a lot of friends, just kind of rewatching friends. But last night, Emily and I watched Idle Hands, which was hysterical. If you haven't seen it, it's from, uh, I think, 99 with Devin Sawa. It's so 90s. It's incredible. Um, we watched, what did we else did we watch? We watched, we started to watch All Hallows Eve, which is the one with that clown. Um, and I couldn't watch it. It was just sometimes gore just, I like, I did I don't like unnecessary gore. Um, I don't mind it. I'm more of like a, I like suspenseful ghost movies, zombie. Like I don't mind that kind of gore, but like the kind of gore in All Hallows Eve was just, you know, too much for you, girl. Um, Grace and I went and saw La Llorona. It was okay. It, was, it wasn't bad. Um, I watched Dead to Me on Netflix, which is amazing. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, it's with Christina Applegate and shit, I forgot her name, but she's awesome. She was in La Llorona. Um, she was in Freaks and Geeks. She's really good. Linda Carducci, maybe. Is that her name? Cardellini, Carducci. Maybe not. I'm not going to correct myself. I'm not even going to look it up. Sorry, y'all. Um, and the other thing that I watched was I watched um, Bonding on Netflix. It's like, it's such an easy watch. It's like just a couple episodes of 15 minutes each. And I thought it was really funny. It was okay. Um, and then Shit's Creek. That's pretty much all I've been watching. And oh my God, how could I forget? Grace recommended the most out of control show I've ever seen. It's called Jailbirds. It's on Netflix. I'm not even going to say anything else. You need to watch Jailbirds on Netflix. Trust me on this one. It's a great recommendation and you absolutely need to watch it. And I haven't been wa- listening to too many podcasts, just kind of the usual. Although there's a really good podcast um, by a uh, therapist named Tiffany Rowe. She's on Instagram too. She's amazing. And she has a podcast called Therapy Thoughts. And um, it's just really, really amazing. She has a whole brand called Therapy is Cool and... Uh, if you're looking for a great mental health podcast, that is definitely a, a great one. She's amazing. So thanks for listening, everyone. Um, I love you. We love you. And we will be back um, really soon with a new episode. I should be in the next couple weeks or so. So look out for that. You can follow us on Instagram at Ghoul Gang Podcast, on Twitter at Ghoul Gang Pod 666. Um, you can follow Grace at Grace's Gold on Instagram and you can follow me. I actually changed my Instagram handle. I'm trying it on. People are not happy about it, but it's just Ellie McCabe one um, instead of give them hell, which is like sad because like what if someone takes that handle and then I decide to go back? I'm going to be really depressed, you know? But anyway, creep it real, you guys. It was so good to be back and hang out and we'll see you or hear from you or what the fuck ever soon. Goodbye. Skeletons and shivers down your spine Shrieking skulls will shock your soul Seal your doom tonight Spooky scary skeletons Speak with such a screech You'll shake and shudder in surprise When you hear these zombies shriek